This is WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of WSFI Spotlight. I'm your host, Bill Snyder, and on today's program, I am blessed to be joined by Rick Newcomb. Rick is the founder and CEO of Creators Syndicate, and they have a publishing arm that works with publishing books called Sumner Books. And one of those projects that is currently being worked on by Sumner Books is the Stories of Success with the Horatio Alger series. And Rick, thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of WSFI Spotlight to talk about this Stories of Success program. Well, thank you, Bill. It's an honor to be here. Let's just begin, Rick, telling me a little bit about Horatio Alger. Well, Horatio Alger was uh, born in Massachusetts and went to Harvard. He was the son of a Protestant minister, and he himself followed his father initially by going to Harvard Divinity School and becoming a minister for a few years, but he really yearned to write. He loved to write. And after the Civil War, he moved to New York City, and he was appalled at what he found. There were so many young children, or between the ages of, say, 8 and 18, who were living on the streets. And this was because in the Civil War, they lost their parents. And there were no society for the prevention of cruelty to children examples. So he made it his life's mission to help children help themselves. And so he just wrote and wrote and wrote. He wrote feverishly from his apartment in New York. And he would tour and get to know these young boys and girls. And he created characters with with very fascinating plot lines and talked about discrimination, things that 150 years ago you, you didn't know were so common in America. So, for example, one of his stories was called Only an Irish Boy. It's the story of how Christian values prevail in the end. Alger himself was not Catholic, but clearly the vast majority of Irish settlers in America were Catholic. Same with another novel he wrote called Phil the Fiddler about Italian boys and girls, who also, many of whom were, most of whom were Catholic. They're just fascinating stories, and they, they promote good values, which I think today is, is something uh, something of a rarity. The way this all came about was that in 1987, I founded a company called Creator Syndicate, and our first columnist was out of Chicago. That was Ann Landers, who was a household name, and we had the comic strips BC and Wizard of Id, and then over the years, we've syndicated many well-known people, Bill O'Reilly, you name it. So Herb Locke of the Washington Post, the legendary cartoonist. Well, as newspaper readership started to decline and my son came in and was running the core business and and saying we need to move to digital we need to move this company into the 21st century and i was encouraging him to do that while he's doing that i thought well i'm going to look for another project that i can just take on myself and i discovered horatio alger who at one time was the best-selling author in america and yet today nobody's even heard of him or very few people have or when they when you hear his name, you hear the phrase rags to riches, which is a phrase he never used, which is very interesting. So we've, we've gone full bore. He wrote anywhere from 60 to 100 novels, and we have signed professional editors to edit these novels, to get rid of typos, to in some cases have the language be a little more 21st century, though we were very careful not to alter his words. 
to find illustrations for each book. Then we hired teachers to write teacher's guide questions and answers. And it's a fantastic project. I'm just so yes. excited about it. Having been in the news business my entire life, this is a news story to have. If you Google best-selling authors in American history, you will see Horatio Alger's in the top five. I mean, it's incredible. And yet very few people have even heard of him today. So this is our mission is to make him a household name again. Right. I can barely pronounce his name. We're practicing on air before we go on air here. You're exactly right. right. I've never heard of him before, but I want to ask you a little bit about how Horatio Alger was like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote Sherlock Holmes, or even Charles Dickens. I mean, these these big household names, and here's another one. Let's talk a little about how he is similar to them. What they did, and this is back in the 1800s, like what Sherlock Holmes did was write, write a story for the Strand magazine, and it really increased circulation of that magazine. Everybody wanted to read about Sherlock Holmes. And then he would write a novel like The Sign of Four or The Hound of the Baskervilles, and each issue of the magazine would have a chapter. And then eventually he'd publish that as a book. And that was how Sherlock Holmes Dickens did the same thing. I think Edgar Allan Poe did the same thing. Well, in the same way, Horatio Alger wrote for a magazine for students. I think it was called School and Schoolmate. The students would all read it, read one issue, and then they'd have to get the next issue and the next issue and the next issue. And then eventually he published these as books. The first book was called Ragged Dick. It was about a shoeshine boy named Richard Hunter who walked around in rags. And Dick Hunter, was that was his nickname. He eventually became very successful. And the second book was called Fame and Fortune, the second of that series. And then the third of the series was called Mark the Match Boy. So he, Horatio Alger presented these stories where the, say, 12 or 14-year-old child starts living. He shows us this child living on the street, sleeping in a box with hay. And what was so fascinating was the perspective. He, he gave them a positive attitude. We have this multi-billion dollar motivational business today. Well, Horatio Alger was the original. He was the one who started all this, but he didn't do it by saying, here are the principles of success. He did it the way Jesus did, by, by telling stories, with, in effect, parables. It was tremendously successful. Wonderful. And who really loved this work? Uh, Who couldn't wait for the next book to be published? Millions and millions of boys and girls between the ages of 8 and 18. Excellent. And is there a market today for this good and wholesome entertainment and reading in today's culture? Well, I think it's a good question. I mean, if you're into heroes like Transformers or The Incredible Hulk or where they use all kinds of technology to create monsters and neon lights and and shove things down little kids' throats. If you're into that, you won't be into this. This is something very dear. It's very retro for us to make this huge investment (laughs) in bringing back good values for homeschooling parents. That's really the market we're aiming this at. Okay, and how is this series today different? Because you mentioned earlier that people can go on and Google Horatio Alger and, and, and look at this up and, and, and find books, but you've taken some attention to really make sure this is edited well and this has gone through with a fine-tooth comb to make it palatable for, for these, this audience. That's right. 
if you Google the name Horatio Alger, you'll find a hundred versions of his books for free or for a dollar that are filled with typos, that don't have a table of contents, that don't have illustrations, that somebody just slapped together and really did him a disservice. What we did, we have professional editor who went through line by line to make sure there are no typos, no misspellings. We have a table of contents. We have illustrations from the period. We have commentary at the end about each book and then about Horatio Alger himself, the life and times of Horatio Alger by Stefan Canfer, who's a brilliant writer. He was a former top editor of Time magazine who read the stories to his children. And he thought, when I started reading them, I was a little nervous because I had heard nothing but bad things about them. And and I was just overwhelmed by how exciting they were. And we couldn't wait to read the next chapter the next night because we wanted to find out what happens next. So look for stories of success. Go to SumnerBooks.com and then click on Horatio Alger and then you'll see the professional ones. Now, we've, we've made them available as paper books, as e-books, and as audiobooks. On the audio, we hired an actor, Ben Gilman who is just a phenomenal actor. And we've had children who listen to it say that they, they can't believe it's one person, that they thought it was a half dozen actors <laughs> reading the stories because he's so good at his voice control. Yeah. We're just very excited about this project. Well, I want to focus a little bit on the Judeo-Christian or even Catholic ethics that are present in these books. And are all the heroes rooted in virtue and all the villains rooted in vice? Yes, that's exactly right. The heroes are rooted in virtue, and it's, it's all about character, building character. Publishers Weekly magazine said that Horatio Alger formed the American character. That is a phenomenal statement to make. They said the only one who, who also might be as influential was Benjamin Franklin. Well, we all know Benjamin Franklin. I mean, he was one of the founding fathers. He signed dollar bills. What is it? Is it the $50 bill or the $100? I think the $100 bill. Yes. So we all know Ben Franklin, but almost nobody knows Horatio Alger. And so we're bringing this back. Yes, it's all about character and values. Let's talk about what, what are the characteristics or the character traits of the heroes. They are hard work, a generous spirit, an optimism, a kindness, concern for the, the children usually are frequently trying to take care of their parents. I just, you know, going the extra mile, wanting an education, working hard to learn, understanding why that's important. Those are, that's, those are the character traits of the heroes. Now the, the villains, they try to cheat, they try to gamble, they try to screw people or to take advantage of them. They're just, they're not good people. <laughs> sure. What a wonderful example that the, the heroes in, in the book are. And I think that in society today, these are things that we need to revisit. We do have to take a short break here, Rick, on the, on the program. And what we're going to do when we come back is I think we're going to focus in a little bit more on the book, Only an Irish Boy. And we have a special treat for listeners as we have uh, two young local women who have both read the book with us. Uh, Sarah and Mary Jo are going to join us and, and we're going to have a conversation with them about the book Only an Irish Boy right after this here on WSFI Spotlight. So stay tuned to 88.5 FM. I'm Bill Snyder right back after this.
This is Guy Murphy with Totally Yours. And for all the listeners, I just want to really encourage them. Catholic radio is so important because you are our ladies' army. You're the one who has to evangelize the people in our culture today. And WSFI 88.5 is a great tool to nourish our vocation, nourish your vocation. So stay plugged in because they keep us updated on the current events and all the wonderful things related to our Catholic faith. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at WSFIRadio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Looking at term life insurance? Consider life insurance from Catholic Financial Life and see how we put Catholic values in action. To learn more, call Matt Tomlinson at 847-548-MATT. 847-548-6288. Are you enjoying this WSFI local program? and want to share it with others? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen, Then Programming. That's WSFI Catholic Radio, Listen, Then Programming. Hello, I'm Joe Scheidler, host of Pro-Life Today on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. It's a half-hour conversation with leaders in the pro-life movement committed to protecting the most vulnerable among us. That's every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Or listen anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. That's Pro-Life Today, every Monday at 3.30 p.m. only on WSFI Catholic Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of WSFI Spotlight. We're talking today about the stories of success and the Horatio Alger series. And today, my guest is Rick Newcomb. He is the founder and CEO of Creators Syndicate. And also, I have two students with me today, Sarah and Mary Jo. Sarah's from Libertyville, and Mary Jo is from Gurney. And they have both read a book that we're going to talk about by... Horatio Alger, put out by Sumner Books, which is a part of the Creators Syndicate, called Only an Irish Boy. So we're going to spend some time talking about Only an Irish Boy now here in the second half of our interview. But Rick, before we get to the girls, could you just give us a summary of what Only an Irish Boy is about? Horatio Alger wrote his stories between 1865, right after the Civil War, until his death in 1899, and they were published again beyond that, like in 1900, 1901. So, but you have that 35-year period after the Civil War called the Gilded Age, that's what Mark Twain called it, when America really recovered from the Civil War financially and became a world power. And during that period, there were millions of Irish immigrants. And so, and and many of them face tremendous discrimination. This story opens with one of these, a teenage Irish boy who is coming to a horse farm in New Hampshire to look for his mother, where she she's working as a domestic. And it's the story of what happens to this boy during the next few years. And it's an exciting adventure with lots of plot twists and turns involving robbers on the highway, involving the near death of one of the principal 
participants. You have good and evil, good characters, and they, they triumph, and evil characters, and they, they run into trouble. It's a fascinating story. Wonderful. Well, I want to turn to the ladies now, and, and Rick, if you have any questions for them, please go ahead and ask them. But I want to ask you a little bit about what you like most about this story. Well, I liked how it had some good qualities. So the main character, Andy, he showed how he had good qualities, and he ended up getting far in life, while those who didn't have good qualities didn't get very far, and it was suspenseful, leaving us at the end with at the end of chapters wanting to read more. What do you think, Mary Jo? Well, I really liked how you got to know the characters really well. And like you said before, the end of the chapters, they left you at a point that you just wanted to keep on going. And once you started the book, you couldn't really stop. <laughs> That's always a good sign. You mentioned Andy Burke as the main character. What are some of his best qualities? He is a very kind and honorable character. He's very charitable to the other people that are kind to him, but he shows the charitable quality when Godfrey is bullying another kid, Parker, for running into him, and the main character's quick response was to show him what it was like for him to be bullying the little kid. I liked how he was loyal and generous, especially to his mother, and he was respectful, and he's very hardworking, and he wants to study and learn more and do his job well, and he cares very much for his family, his sister, and his mother. Wonderful, wonderful. Seems like he is a rather honest and loyal person in the book. And so tell me, ladies, what else... There's, I guess there's a point in the book, maybe you can highlight it for our listeners. When Colonel Preston sticks up for Andy rather than his own son after the fight when they first meet, can you maybe give us some background into that, why that was happening, and why that event is so important in the book as a, as a, moral, as a moral lesson? Well, he was standing up, so it really shows that when you stand up for people, then they'll really appreciate it and it will help them as well as yourself and it really shows that when you help someone that's in trouble it's kind of like how Jesus helps us when we're in trouble and it shows that you have good qualities and that you care for people. What were the events leading up to that event in the book? In the beginning when the main character was first introduced he was leaning on the fence of Godfrey's house and Godfrey is more of like a pride person and he doesn't like people that look like beggars or other people of that kind of sort so he told them to get off and stuff and eventually they started getting into a little bit of an argument and then Godfrey like insulted and his mother and he threw a punch at him and stuff but he <laughs> <laughs> he didn't hit him and then Andy's response was to throw him on the ground and when his father came he kind of took Andy's side because Godfrey is more, he took, he takes after his mother's traits, which are very, very prideful, and don't really have much respect for other people that aren't at the same high of wealth and other of that sort. It's so clear that you read the book and that you learned something so wonderfully out of this, and there's so many different life lessons that, that, that you learn from these books, and it's so evident in, in you reading it, ladies. I want to ask you, no, no hero... <laughs> no person is perfect in this life. And Andy, in another point in the book, tells a lie to Mrs. Grants. 
how does he feel about that lie? And does he ever think about it again? If so, when and why? He tells a lie in the beginning when he wants to get a job from the Mrs. Grant. And he tells that lie because he thinks that it will do him better to be able to get this job. But he eventually feels guilty about it because these ladies are very kind to him and generous. And he thinks about it. But although he doesn't confess the lie to them, he resolves to be honest from that point on. Excellent. Does he ever think about it again? He thinks about it while he's working and after a few months being with them. But he doesn't, like I said, he doesn't tell them. So he doesn't really think about it again. At least they didn't specify it. But he does feel guilty for this thing that he did and resolves not to do it again. That's a great lesson in life. When we make a mistake, we learn from it, and we don't do it again. And that's so. that, again, goes back to all the Christian values and, and Catholic values that these books contain. If I can turn back to you, Rick, just for a minute and ask you about how these books are designed for this audience of, of homeschooling families. Well, in the paper book and the e-book, we have... At the end of each novel, we have teacher's guide questions and answers. That's specifically for homeschooling parents. I'm curious to ask Sarah and Mary Jo, did you read the paper book, the e-book, or did you listen to the audiobook? We both listened to the audiobook. Yeah, I listened to the audiobook. In the beginning, I started reading the book along with the audiobook, but I found it better to just listen to it and hear the different voices of the actor who was reading the book, and it made visual images in my head. Could, could you picture like your family on a family vacation, driving in a car, listening to that audiobook to make the time go faster would, would, yeah. would that make sense we uh, go to uh, we go on a family trip every summer and sometimes we get books from the library and i can really see my family being in the car and listening to that sort of book that's great because we've gotten that feedback before in fact one parent told us that her who was a nine-year-old boy liked it so much he insisted they listened to it all over again and everybody said no once was enough so then he did it with earbuds and he couldn't believe it was only one actor he thought it was like six actors mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so cool that's a, it's amazing that uh, the, the, this whole work and project one of the things that that actor is interesting story he's from cincinnati he lives down in los angeles where he's an actor and I, when i first interviewed him this was like four years ago to discuss this project he tells a very interesting story that he went down to the Los Angeles Public Library to get Horatio Alger books. He went to the, the Hollywood Library, that he lives in Hollywood, and they told him, oh no, you'd have to go down to the downtown branch in the historical section to find these books. So he did that and he found them, but the point is, one of the best-selling authors of all time, you can't even find his books. It's as, it's as if there's a conspiracy to keep these novels out of the public eye and we are determined to bring them back i have a question again for the girls this was 150 years ago in america do you feel like you learned a little bit about american history by reading about what life was like then before cars before telephones before electricity before television before computers etc did you have do you have any thoughts about that it showed how people pictured people especially with prejudice against the Irish boy and how 
people lived at that time. And it also, even though it showed some historical ways how people lived, it also was very, we were able to apply it to our lives now, even though it was written so far back. That's so encouraging for me to hear that, because a lot of people have said to me, oh, isn't that irrelevant what happened 150 years ago? No, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. That's Somebody had that famous quote. I think it was Edmund Burke, of all people, because he, he's a character in this, because Andy Burke, and Ed, at that time, Edmund Burke was an Irish or British statesman, and Andy Burke, I, what, did he pretend he was a relative? I think he might have. I don't know if he confessed later, but anyway, he's, he's a character in the in the novel. <laughs> Very interesting. I want to ask the ladies real quick if you would recommend this book to your friends and why. Well, I would most definitely recommend this book to my friend, my friends, because you learn you learn a lot about it, and the characters that are in it, most of them are good, and the ones that are good have benefits out of it. But then the ones that don't really don't. But some of the books nowadays, they are not books that very well books at all, and they show very bad things in that. You can like do something bad to get something good out of it, and that's not right. But in this book, you show that Andy, he was a very poor, poor man, and he was very kind to all the other people in that book. And he just got like so much out of it, and the other people that didn't, didn't get anything out of it at all. Wonderful. And Sarah, do you have any thoughts? Well, I liked how... When I was listening to it, at the end of some chapters, I just had to keep going. <laughs> and like Mary Jo said, there's books out there that nowadays that our friends are reading that don't show good qualities. And I like how this shows good qualities. And if you have good qualities, it will go farther than if you have bad qualities and you cheat and you steal. Wonderful. It sounds like you've learned so much. And Rick, I want to thank you for undertaking this project and bringing Horatio Alger's works back into the public eye and you just have a few minutes left before we have to wrap up so would you just be able to give us a little bit more information about where people can find these books purchase them and more about the program yes just google Sumner Books S-U-M-N-E-R SumnerBooks.com And you'll see when you get on that page, there's a Horatio Alger section. Just click on that. And we offer the paper books, the e-books, and the audio books. And these are the ones with professional editing, with illustrations, with teacher's guide questions and answers, with all kinds of commentary. We're just tremendously excited about this. We, we, well, I envision bringing in millions, tens of millions of readers, and we've, we've targeted this at the homeschool market. We talked for several years about who is the best market for these books, and we talked about the motivational crowd, the Tony Robbins, Rhonda Byrne, that group, and then we decided, no, it's really more for the, the homeschool this is, and and especially those with Christian values, and in your case, Catholic values. In my case, being Catholic, these are very consistent with with everything Pope Francis is teaching today, and, and before him, Pope Benedict and Pope John Paul II. It's very much, it's just fantastic stuff, and it's a great way to teach your children American history in a way that they're gonna they're gonna love it, and what life was like without a car, where they they rode horses and they rode in wagons. And they walked, and they didn't have telephones, so it might take a day to get a message to somebody, and all that sort of thing. You get a different world, and it's just a whole lot of fun and very educational. 
Well, Rick and both Mary Jo and Sarah, thank you so much for being here with with us today on this episode of WSFI Spotlight and talking all things Horatio Alger. It's been a pleasure and I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. I can't wait to read another book. Me too. <laughs> Great. Awesome. That's one point. We, we've done seven audiobooks, 12 ebooks, and paper books, and our goal is to do all of them eventually. <laughs> Excellent. Well, this has been an episode of WSFI Spotlight. Until next time, from all of us here at WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, I'm your host, Bill Snyder. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless. This has been WSFI Spotlight. For more information on this or any other program, email info at wsfiradio.org. Hi, this is John Wood, author of Ordinary Lives, Extraordinary Mission, and I just want to encourage everyone to support WSFI 88.5 Catholic Radio. Uh, Catholic Radio does so many great things, spreads our faith. It's so needed in this time, and I want everybody to get on board. Uh, people's lives are being changed. It's a great avenue for evangelization and um, inspiring all of us to become the saints we were created to be. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states.